Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this morning, where we talk about the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. I am so happy to welcome back to the program the director of Broward County Libraries, Allison Grubbs. Allison, I wanted you to come and talk to us now in particular, because we're just a week and a day away from the deadline to register to vote. And I know Broward County Libraries, you are so locked in with the supervisor of elections and coordinating and enabling people to vote at the library. So I'd like to start with talking about that. And I know you have other programs underway for the summer that we definitely want to touch on as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Ellen. I so appreciate the opportunity to share how our public libraries here in Broward County are working to ensure that our residents are registered to vote. So if anybody is out there who needs to update their information, change their parties, or do a brand new registration to vote, especially with the redistricting, you might even just want information about who you might be voting for, come to your public library and we can help get you sorted. We have had several meetings with our supervisors of elections office and the wonderful staff working there to really make sure that we're all on the same page and we can serve our communities to the best of our abilities. Not everyone even knows that there has been redistricting. Right. So can we talk a little bit about that process and how it impacts individuals and where they're going to vote? Absolutely. So this is a process that is undertaken on a regular schedule. And the county worked with a university to ensure that they could have as unbiased a redistricting as possible. So Broward County held several public meetings about this and unveiled several different maps before a final map was determined. And with us here at the libraries, we had to reconfigure our brains because for so long we knew You know that we have a certain commissioner has five of our libraries in their district and another one might only have three. And that all got switched up. So really educating ourselves on who our commissioners are representing professionally as well as personally. So I now have a new commissioner that I would be looking at to vote in if that time comes for their election cycle. And it might also impact people who are looking to see who represents them at the state level, at the national level. And there are some really contentious election campaigns that are happening happening. And people who we might not realize now are running for your vote. So if you have any questions about that, don't think you have to just go to the supervisor of elections office or only go to the DMV because there are just a few locations there. We have 36 libraries who can help you, plus our library at the Alvin Sherman Library at Nova Southeastern University. So we have plenty of staff who can help you educate on what are the issues that you might be voting for, who are the people that you would be looking to see on your ballot. And a lot of them use very legal language that often, even I have to look it up, and that's fine. So we can help break it down into very bite-sized, understandable pieces and provide you multiple resources on different topics around that. 
How much time have you had to spend with your staff to train them to understand all of the ins and outs of the ballot questions, the amendments, the redistricting, so that they can take people and work with them individually, as opposed to just walking in and you say, "Okay, here's your form. You can register and we'll take care of it for you. But going all the way to explain everything. Absolutely. So our staff are trained and then we provide multiple opportunities for them to get additional training throughout the year. And it's not so much that we provide training on each individual ballot question or item that might be on the ballot or the people. It's really on training on the resources to go to so that you can quickly, efficiently, and effectively provide those options to the person who's in front of you, either face-to-face or on the phone or even online. We get a lot of email questions that we can help people. We have an Ask a Librarian service that's almost like a chat function. And we really make sure that our staff know all of the resources that are available to them. And we, as an organization, spend a lot of money to make sure that the resources we're providing are accurate, that they're up to date, and that they're compiled by experts in the field. That is an incredible service. Um, We have our own web page about elections, and there are so many links on it because, you know, we wanted to make it as specific as possible for people to find what they need, everything from where to register, what you need to register, who can register, uh, how do you register, because there are different ways, and then Mm -hmm. voting by mail and early voting and, you know, everything that goes (laughs) into it. What's the deadline to request an early voting ballot? What's the deadline to send it back if you're sending it by mail? Or when can you drop it off and where can you drop it off that it almost becomes a nightmare of so much information. So having someone individual at the library who can answer each of your specific questions. And yes, of course, the supervisors of elections do have emails and phone numbers that you can call for information, but I have no doubt they're very, very busy right now leading up to. Yeah. So, and just for anyone who's not aware, August 23rd is primary election date. As we said, July 25th, the final day to register to vote. And then early voting in Broward, it's August 13th through the 21st. 14 libraries of voting location for early voting. So tell me how you're set up for that, because I think people have found over the last number of years that that is the most convenient way to take care of your voting without having to miss work, do it on your own schedule, and not have to stand in line for hours and hours and hours on election day and have a multitude of choices of locations to go to to get the voting done. Yes. So early voting is really a blessing. And I really commend Broward County Library staff who sometimes have to be at a location as early as six in the morning to prepare the building for the voting. And it's really an all hands on deck situation. And our staff, I mean, I cannot tell you how proud I am of them. They really step up. We have 14 early voting sites, and it's just you drop in. It's on your schedule within our buildings being open. 
And really, it is just the easiest way to do it so that you don't have to often stand in line. Sometimes on uh, regular voting dates at polling precincts, people might be standing out on the sidewalk in the heat. Whereas early voting, after about the first day, you're not going to have to wait in line very long because it is just so convenient for people that they're coming as they would fitting it in within their normal day rather than a very narrow only one day in, say, November 2nd, right, where it's that one day for voting. With early voting, it is just, that is the way to go. I have utilized early voting in the past. It's just, it's a breeze and I love it. And I love that our staff are able to participate in such a civic duty, civically minded opportunity. Do you find that your staff members ever, and are they allowed to apply to be poll workers? The county does frequently put out requests for assistance with the polls, and that's an on-their-personal-time situation, so they certainly have that opportunity. And I will mention poll working is a paid position for anyone who's interested in that, and we do have the link up on our website or the Supervisor of Elections websites, which are both pretty well-organized. I've got to give them credit. Mm -hmm. They've worked very hard. So you're all set. What else, like if someone comes in and says, hey, you know, in the next week, I need to get my registration done. So I know you can help them fill it out. And how are they going to get it into the supervisor of elections office on time? We actually provide it to the supervisor's office. So they just leave it with us and then we send it in for them. All they have to do is come and fill it out. It's great. Even at the deadline on the 25th? Yes, we're working with the supervisor of elections office to ensure that we don't have to mail it. But I do believe that as long as it's postmarked by that date, you're good. But we're working with the SOE to ensure that they're all picked up and in within the deadline. Okay. That's, listen, could we ask for a better service? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, it's as close as you can get to having them pick it up from your home. (laughs) Just about, right. It absolutely is because we're just all over the county. Okay. So I expect that you will have an increase of people coming into the libraries within the next week to get their registration (laughs) done. And we are very big on saying, please, this is your one chance every couple of years to have your say. And I know it sometimes feels like, well, my vote doesn't count, but it does. It absolutely does. And both of our supervisors of elections, even on the websites, they show that they have worked very hard to be sure that our votes are counted accurately and that everything is done above board and transparently. So we look like we're in a really good place. And thank you again for everything that you're doing and working with the county. I know it's a tremendous amount of work. And that's all in addition to the huge number of services that you're already offering at Broward County Libraries. And one of the first ones that I think is so important that you can tell us about is the summertime break spot. Oh, I love the Summer Break Spot program. So in addition to, we want to make sure people have access to information, so to cast their vote, right? So there's an informational piece of that, access to feeding your mind. We also are very concerned with ensuring that children aged 18 and under have access to food for their bodies. 
And so at 14 locations throughout the county, you can just go to our website and find those locations, those libraries. We do provide lunch five days a week. And uh, we're working with the Florida State Department of Agriculture and Meals on Wheels. And these are fantastic meals that are provided as well. It's kind of dinner and a show, really, because we try to ensure that we're also providing summer activities to engage kids and their minds while they're also eating. And they often will leave with a craft that they can take home or they've learned something new, a new skill, or they're just taking home books to read or a summer launch pad. And so the Summer Break Spot program, this is the first time since the beginning of the pandemic where we're back to having hot meals at our libraries. The past few years have been take-home meals where they were frozen and had to be prepared at home. And there is some instability with that, right? Mm -hmm. And here the kids can come. They don't have to worry about making the meal, cleaning up the meal. All of that is handled. The parents are reassured that their kids are being taken care of, especially right now. There's so much unknown happening. You and I were chatting a little bit before the interview about instability with high housing costs and inflation. Everything is getting more expensive, and we certainly don't want children to suffer as a result of that. And so this is a big commitment that we look forward to every day. And again, I want to really take this opportunity and this platform to commend Broward County Library staff. We were at the very last minute putting out the call of, hey, we got confirmation that we're able to do break spot at these locations. And it was really the 11th hour. And we understand you might have programming already scheduled for these spaces. So can you rearrange things and step up and accommodate this so important program. And every single library that was tapped for this has made it work and has been successful. And we're seeing great turnout for it. We're seeing just really satisfied customers in our communities. And healthy communities are thriving communities. Absolutely. And any way that we can assist with that, we are on board. Okay, so you mentioned you can find the locations on your website. Let's give yes. that. That is Broward.org slash library. Okay. Uh, again, we're speaking with Allison Grubbs, the director of Broward County Libraries. All of the 38 locations, that's a tremendous number of organizations and staffs to have underneath you and millions and millions of books. So let me ask you, with this, you go to the website, you find the location nearest you that has a break spot. How Mm -hmm. does the distribution of food work? Do they have to eat on site? Can they take the meal home if they want to? They do have to eat on site. Okay. And where in the library have you set up a place for dining? These are often in our smaller auditoriums or what we call multi-purpose rooms because they are multi-purpose where you can eat, you can catch a program. Community members have meetings in these spaces. We have all sorts of book clubs, painting groups, toddler story times happening in these rooms. So, yeah, you just you come during lunchtime and it'll have the time on there. It's within a range, usually 1230 to 130 or 12 to 1. Check your specific location. 
that you're going to be attending and come and partake. Okay, so hours may be different at different locations. Very important to keep in mind. Do you have to be a library card holder to come and get a free? Okay. We never want to deny participation just because you don't have a library card. And of course, I want to recommend that as long as you're going, you might as well get the library card because it's free and it entitles you to so many services that are also free. I mean, one of the greatest things we can have in our community is libraries that do so much for free. So in addition to the break spot, you now have so many different ways to engage with books, including your summer reading program. Now, what is that all about? Oh, our summer reading program is so wonderful. So this is an opportunity for individuals of all ages to participate in programs uh, where you might be learning about the ocean. And our theme this year is Oceans of Possibilities. And you can engage in, uh, we have an underwater drone, so maybe you can come out and experience that in person all the way to our story times for toddlers and preschoolers, all the way up to reading to foster grandparents or participating in learning about marine biology. And it's just a wonderful program to encourage and grow and cultivate the habit of reading. And we do supplement this with different, uh, we have an app where you can track your reading and compete for different prizes. Uh, We have some wonderful partners such as our Broward Public Library Foundation, but also the Museum of Discovery and Science, uh, Butterfly World, Everglades Holiday Park, the Miami Heat, the Florida Panthers came and did a story time with a bunch of kids recently. So really please check out our website. Again, that's Broward.org slash library to see all of the, I think it's something like 1,500 events this summer alone, just around the Oceans of Possibilities theme, in addition to all of our regularly scheduled programming that we conduct throughout the year. To give you an example, I, I, you know, I don't want to take your thunder away, but as you were talking, <laughs> you know, I just pulled up the calendar <laughs> from Broward oh, County Libraries. <laughs> so, you know, tomorrow alone, you've got the Free RC's Art Exhibition that's in person. Mm-hmm. Seize the Day, S-E-A-S, Scavenger Hunt for Adults in person. Catch the Wave with Sue Nami. It's the artwork of Sue Gillingham, which is located in the lobby at the Lauder Hill Central Park Library in person. Under the Sea Coral Fish. Take and make kits. How great is that? Stop by. I love it. You pick up the free supplies and the kids can play at home. So it keeps them occupied. Art of Oceans, an art class with Wileen Del Pino. I mean, this is such a tiny little bit and all on one day. (laughs) And now how have you been able to work out? Obviously, you're back to doing things in person, but you still have a lot of online events. How did you go through that process of bringing back in-person events and deciding which items will stay as online access that you can do a seminar online or take a class online and what things would be in person again. 
It's all about the feedback that we got. We looked at what were our best attended online programs, what were some of our least attended online programs. And we always want to be aware of the fact that not everybody has the capability, the inclination, or even the technology to participate in online programs. And we never, ever want to make somebody feel left out from anything that we're providing as a service here at the public library. We exist to serve everybody in Broward County. So we looked at all of that data and statistics, and we also did surveys of people. We, we took their feedback. And looking at this, I'm sure to the surprise of no one, our teen events were most well participated online. And we heard overwhelmingly from them that most of them wanted to maintain online programming. They either couldn't physically get to a library, but they could attend virtually, or maybe they work part-time, and so they could participate later if it was a pre-recorded situation. And so we definitely are in this period of adjustment, but we're absolutely making sure that we have successfully pivoted to this new existence that we all find ourselves in. Right. This hybrid thing that's still mm-hmm. sort of, you know, working itself out. You know, I know a lot of people are going through the same thing with their workplaces where they were remote for a while and now they're sort of halfway back in the office <laughs> and yes. then they're sort of remote again. And, you know, every now and then you get an email from work that says, OK, another individual unnamed has tested positive and will be at home. And, you know, please be sure that you're aware for any symptoms that you might have for COVID. And of course, now there's a lot of talk about a new strain that is more resistant. So it hasn't gone away yet. And having the ability to do both and incorporate both is such, again, like you're just this huge gift to our community. And well, seriously, and when you talk about it with so much passion, you know, I think you can't do your job unless you really care. And that so comes through with you, Allison. And I did want to mention when you were saying there are some people who don't have the access to the technology, that's something else you provide is access. So so go ahead and plug your hotspots (laughs) and your Wi-Fi and your lending program for tablets. (laughs) I adore talking to fellow library lovers, right? (laughs) Right. So for those who do have the inclination to learn more about technology or who want to start a small business or just even want to connect with family members across the world or even across the state or even across town, you can certainly come to the library. You're able to check out a device and that might be a tablet. It might be what we call a Chromebook. It's like a diet version of a laptop, essentially. And uh, some of them have internet already built into them and some of them would require an additional device called a hotspot. And that provides internet for you wherever you are. And because we are in a pretty urban area, there's very few what we call dead zones, right, where you might not have the signal Mm -hmm. for it. So if people aren't familiar with this, think of uh, satellite dishes for satellite TV where you had to position it a certain way. Well, because of the popularity of cell phones and data and Wi-Fi and all of these things, 
that it's pretty much everywhere in Broward County. There's very few zones where you wouldn't be able to use our hotspots and access the internet and connect with others online. And so if you ever need assistance with learning how to do, how to use any of these items, any of our staff members can help you overcome that learning curve. It's not very high, which is wonderful. We've really invested to make sure that the products we're providing are as intuitive as possible and can just really get you up and running as soon as possible. And if you want to do more things with it, come see us and we'll connect you with either our creation station business or if you want to teach others how to use these things, let us know. We're always looking for teachers and presenters and we're always looking to see how we've helped you. We've now incorporated these devices into our career online high school program. So for those who are working to obtain their high school diploma, which is even post high school, so it's not a GED, it's an actual high school diploma, that if they need technology to help them through this period, absolutely, we'll get you connected. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. We're just about out of time, but I want to take a minute and give you the opportunity to throw out a pitch about the Director's Book Club. Oh, thank you. So we are wrapping up a current book, which is titled Walk With Me, the Fannie Lou Hamer story. And that was and is a particularly powerful introspection into or reflection, really, of the civil rights era in Mississippi. Mm. And it was incredibly personal to me. I had family who lived in Jackson, Mississippi, and Uh. Clinton, which is a suburb of Jackson, during this era. And so I was reaching out to my family to ask them. They were younger at the time, my family that's still alive, and just asking them, as a teenager, what do you recall of this time? And really, it, it was incredibly real to me because I recognized those scenarios. I recognized what was happening with Fannie Lou, and I recognize and admire the sheer courage of this woman who could stand in front of Congress and say, you know, plead for the survival and the fundamental rights of her community and her family and herself, and to say, I'm here in Washington, D.C. today, and when I go home tomorrow, I might be killed, Mm. but it is worth it for me to stand up here and tell you what the reality is of day-to-day life in our community when all we want to do is have the right to vote. So it all comes full circle, right? Thank you. Yes, completely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So we do have a recorded, Our, our, I try to make sure that the first discussion of any of our book club books are online. So, and it's during lunch hour. So if you can join us there and we will record them, I believe it's on our YouTube page. If not, I'll check and see about getting that up there. But we do have one more book club discussion at our Pembroke Pines Walter C. Young Library. So that is coming up on July 21st, Thursday, and that is 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m., and that is in person. So if you reach out to us and you say you still want to participate but you can't make it there in person, we'll see what we can do to make it a hybrid book club discussion. But I I really urge you, even if you haven't read the book, please come. Uh, We always give a synopsis of the book and the highlights, and Fannie Lou Hamer 
she was one of those who was the backbone of the civil rights movement. She worked with SNCC. She worked with these the student nonviolent committee members who would come down on the summer break from college and really shaped the next generation of leaders. And she was an undereducated sharecropper woman who had lived in Mississippi in the Delta her whole life. Fiercely proud, fiercely proud of who she was, where she came from, the family she cultivated, both biological and chosen. And she is truly, truly a person to admire. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to learn more about her. And I am so inspired that you chose that particular biography because it is still so relevant today, even more so, you know, with with all the discussions about individual rights and civil rights going on right now and a sense of having to fight for them again. So relevant and adding your own personal experience with your family, having lived there at the time, Mm -hmm. really brings it to life. And, you know, I, I always say that we can learn best when we walk in someone else's shoes. It teaches us empathy and it teaches us understanding of behavior, of why people behave the way they do. And it also inspires us as this obviously does. So thank you. It's a reflection of your interest in equality, in civil rights, in human rights, that you choose books like that. So again, thank you, Alison Grubbs, for bringing your sense of the world to our Broward County libraries. It makes a difference. Thank you, Alan. I so appreciate hearing that. Thank you. Um, absolutely true. And, you know, I, as you can tell, I could talk to you forever. Um, (laughs) but we'll just do it again, probably before school starts. I know we're going to be wanting to talk about all of the programs that you'll have to help kids back to school. But for the moment, let's remember voting deadline to register July 25th, and you can do it at every library. And you can find that information on the website, broward.org slash library. Allison Grubbs, Director of Broward County Libraries, thank you so much for your time and your heart. Oh, thank you so much for giving me a platform to share all of the wonderful, incredible things that our Broward County Libraries are doing for our communities. Absolutely a pleasure. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-S-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus, and have a wonderful day. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.